With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Have you been wanting to lose weight and get healthy? Now's the perfect time to start Nutrisystem. Enjoy your favorite foods made healthier, delivered free to your door. Right now, you can get Uniquely Yours Ultimate, our most complete foolproof plan at an amazing price. Order today and save 50%, plus get an extra $40 off. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash save and discover what millions of people already know. Nutrisystem works. Limitations apply. See website for full offer details. Here we go. Uh, this is the week nine PFF forecast, the post week nine PFF forecast. A lot of things happened uh, in the NFL today and actually on Thursday that we're going to talk about. The first thing, though, I have to ask, did you make it through Saturday without watching college football? You promised that you were going to try. I was I tried. Um, I didn't watch that much. What does that mean? I went to a, a kid's birthday party with my, nice. my two daughters uh, in the, during the noon games. Nice. I had some friends over after that. Uh, and then once they left, I watched a little bit, um, both when they were there, but also when they left. But I did not watch a full college football game on Saturday. That's and awesome. For that, I'm, I'm proud of myself. Congrats, buddy. I'm proud of you. How much more rejuvenated did you feel today? Well... I got a lot more pep in my step after watching Deshaun Watson dominate. There you go. I mean, that uh, was... Well, you were great. able to wake up to watch him. That's the first right. part. Right. Yeah. Um, at, I started watching Utah State's game, and then I realized that everybody's wrong about Jordan Love, and that he's not very good. That's, that was our college football content for yeah. this podcast. All right. Let's start with Sunday night, because that game was the game that all of us were waiting for, and it, a lot of really interesting things came out of that game. The Patriots, undefeated, now have this loss. And it wasn't, it wasn't a, well, you know, they lost at the last second. It was sort of a loss. You know, it was a definitive yeah. loss, yeah. right? They got sure. kind of outplayed in basically every facet of the game. And the thing that had gotten them there, their defense, just got absolutely obliterated. Mm-hmm. So it was a huge win for all of us in the math and analytics community who've been talking about how, look, Defense is just not stable from season to season, from game to game. You should not put a ton of stock in it. Um, And clearly, this is a nice example of why you don't. But I think the real question here is, did this hurt the Patriots at all, do you think? I don't think so. Um, Like, this game, 
hats off to the Ravens. I mean, they did terrific. They, like they went for it on fourth down yep. in opponent territory, and it wasn't a fourth and short. It was a fourth and five. Uh, and they converted, good on them. Um, they made the Patriots pay for the turnovers that they had, and specifically the Marlon Humphrey return on the Edelman fumble. Um, so they did think they did great things. And honestly, you know, Mark Ingram today, 116 rushing yards, only 42 came after contact, right? So they're opening holes, and a lot of that has to do with Lamar Jackson. But the, a lot of the stuff in this game was fluky in some way. And I don't, like I said, I don't want to take anything away from what the Ravens did. Um, but on that first drive, Lamar Jackson makes a terrific throw to Hollywood Brown while falling backwards. And then they have to settle for a field goal. The Patriots jump off sides. And so there's, again, like four points that are kind of fluky. Um, and then the Patriots get two breaks, a fumble on the punt return and a fumble by Ingram. Um, and they almost get themselves in position to tie the score. Now they have two trips inside the 10-yard line, and they kick field goals Mm -hmm. out of those times. So that was unfortunate for them. And then, of course, they fumble away the ball at the beginning of the second half as they're going in for the go-ahead score. They're marching. Yeah. I think that was the – you pinned this earlier, but that was where the game totally turned because – the Patriots had gotten lucky and just done enough with the luck that they had gotten to keep yes. it a game. And it didn't look like, you know, Belichick should have gone for that fourth uh, and one at the goal line. There's just, yeah. it was clear as day and he did not. And that's something that he's been doing for a while. And it finally bit them because they weren't ahead by two scores mm-hmm. and it actually mattered. And then it, you, you say, okay, well, actually, it's going to be okay because they're now going to dice this Ravens yep. defense up. They're marching down the field, and then all of a sudden that turnover happens, and then they come back and march down the field again. Like They were having real success on this Ravens defense yeah. like we thought they would. The issue was that on the other side of things, they were not stopping the Lamar Jackson-led rushing attack. With, I mean, the, the passing was fine, right? But he barely targeted the cornerbacks at all. Like if you say here, this is yeah, the yeah. passing output you're going to get, you're like, yeah, sure. I'll take this. Um, the, the question then I think becomes, okay, if it doesn't really matter for the Patriots, which it probably doesn't because they have a cupcake schedule, they have no one in their division. We knew they were going to lose, I think at some point. Right. Mm-hmm. And this probably helps Belichick light up some people and, and get angry and get them back mm-hmm. on track. Are the Ravens a legit Super Bowl contender? I think so. I think you have to be if you're if you have a chance for a first round buy in the AFC, uh, of course. And, and um, you know, we talked about uh, we talked about this with respect to the Vikings game plan against the Chiefs, but it, uh, it bears to mention against the Ravens. Whenever fans or analysts even talk about a game plan, it's almost always about was that team successful on early downs. Yeah, almost always. Oh, this team didn't run enough. Well, it's probably because their passer didn't throw what wasn't effective on early downs throwing the ball or they threw or they, they didn't pass enough. Well, it's probably because they ran on early downs and weren't efficient. Lamar Jackson only threw. I think he only dropped back a little over 25 times. Like it wasn't like he was shredding up this defense volume wise. He just threw in advantageous situations much of the time because they were efficient on early downs. And then he had a couple plays on long yarded situations where he made the Patriots pay. Um, and and I think that that's a formula that can work, right? That's a formula that can work against many of the teams in the AFC um, and the Patriots. So yeah, I think I think they're a threat. And for for me, it's just they have to get the two seed. And unfortunately for them, they have a loss to Kansas City on their on their mar- on their mark. And Kansas City has a win uh, today. They're only I believe a, a half a game back. Mm-hmm. The Ravens have a, a, a bye already. So. 
Um, they just have to get the two seed, and for that, for me, that's like the ingredients for them to be a contender for the Super Bowl. This was the Ravens Super Bowl thus far. Yeah, that that is, I think, a key point in this game is that look, the Patriots. They this is a regular season game. They're not. It's not even Thanksgiving yet. They're of course they treat this game. You know, they want to win this game. Mm-hmm. But this was a this was a Super Bowl for the Ravens and. If that's the way that they're going to play in big games, that gives me a lot of confidence, right? Like Lamar Jackson did not wilt in mm-hmm. any way, shape, or form, and th- and neither did John Harbaugh. And that defense got Jimmy Smith back, and you know, like they still were like vulnerable at Marcus Peters' spot, right? I mean, sure, but but you know, they took advantage of Marshall Newhouse. They got some pressure on Brady. You know, they weren't a total. Uh, you know, a, a disaster, yep. which is what you need to be in order to, to compete in the NFL. So um, I'm with you. I think they are a, a contender. And when we're going to we're going to talk about the uh, playoff pictures for both sides of the ballot here that in a second that yeah. AFC is just like a jumbled. Yeah. Very mess. interesting for the Ravens, as you just pointed out. They played like a very Madden dime today. They played Marcus Peters played left corner every play. And then Marlon Humphrey played every play as sort of an inside-outside guy. Jimmy Smith played all but 13 plays. And then Brandon Carr, who we thought was going to be left for dead, played 48 snaps. So they played four cornerbacks on the field for 48 snaps today. Like, that's a pretty interesting, like, defense because usually when a team goes to dime, they'll play three safeties and three cornerbacks. So um, good on them for getting their best players on the field because one of the things that we said was they were going to be vulnerable in the middle of the field with – you know, the fact their linebackers were weak and their safeties weren't as good as maybe um, previously advertised, but but they ended up getting all those guys on the field and, and they were better defensively than we thought. Mark Jackson completed one pass more than 10 yards downfield. In games where you're not ahead for the whole game, that will matter more. Well, we saw that last season in the playoffs against the Los Angeles Chargers, and we saw that um, also... Uh, when they played the Browns, they, they, this team somehow lost to the Browns at home. So they're not a perfect team, but this is a very impressive win for them. And I, and I think, um, like I said, they're obviously one of the three or four contenders in the AFC. Oh, we're going to talk about the Cleveland yeah. Browns. The next thing that I think the next biggest story uh, is the Aaron Rodgers MVP talk lasted for two weeks. Yeah, and a we whopping have, two weeks, and we have to we have to sort of talk about the the fact that we thought Rodgers and company would go into L.A. and have a pretty good day offensively, and they simply did not. They well, had less at than least to yards. start the game, and it turns out that to start or the middle or to finish the game, they sucked. Yeah, they were just positively awful. And the the Chargers, to their credit, really took advantage of the fact that they got the ball first and drove all the way down the field. Um, but it it just sort of sort of shows like. You know, if you go three and out on your first drive, it's going to be tough, to, you know, tough to win a football game in the NFL. And, and unfortunately for the Packers, it was not to be. Can I push back on that for a second? If you're so vulnerable to the yeah, first I, drive of a game know, and that causes you. So the, the Packers here, they beat the, the Raiders really handily. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this game a couple of times, but that game turned on a Derek Carr fumble out of the back of the end zone. Okay. So that was kind of a fluky win. Mm-hmm. They then beat Matt Moore in his first start after being a high school assistant coach. In many ways because the Chiefs turned the ball over on their own end of the field, ball ahead. And decided not to go for a fourth and three. There's that. 
And now they get blown out. Uh, well, blown out's the wrong word. But for the Chargers, it was a blowout in L.A. with all of their Packers fans there with Devontae Adams back. Remember, we heard about why Aaron Rodgers was the MVP because he had put this group of wide receivers that no one had heard of on his yeah. back. So I think we can sort of write off the, you know, we can pump the brakes a little bit. They've had two impressive games that were a little fluky. Everything else has been yeah. worse than what it was with McCarthy. Well, except for early in games, right? I mean, there's... Well, sure, but the, in this game... Yeah, yeah. Their stick has always their stick was to get out ahead a little bit and then throttle back and be unimpressive. And then, as you said, they had two decent games. They found a weakness in the Chiefs defense last Sunday night and exploited it pretty heavily. But, yeah, interestingly here, like, I, I agree with you. You said this to me earlier today. Devontae Adams was really like sort of a, a bottleneck for the offense today. Mm-hmm. 11 targets, just 41, catch, or 41 receiving yards on those targets. You know, Rodgers, 35 pass attempts, only got 161 yards. And th- uh, so four and a half yards per attempt from a I'm, clean pocket. Unre- is, unbelievable. Is so really bad. And, and the Chargers defense was not exactly something that really mattered in the first, like, you know, seven or eight no. games of the season. He made so, Joe Flacco look good. He made They made Joe Flacco look good. They made Duck Hodges in that running game That's look good right. against Steelers. So, um, yeah, man. The, I, the Packers are in a – they're lucky that the Vikings lost. They're lucky that all those teams in the NFC North Sure, lost. but mostly that the Vikings lost Yeah, um, because the Vikings uh, are the closest in terms of overall record to them. So they kind of get that – that free pass, which I'm sure they will end up blowing at some point here. But the reason I brought up Aaron Rodgers and his MVP faltering is that I I thought this would be the week where Dak Prescott, you know, made his, I thought this was going to be the era of the season with Dak Prescott. It looks like we're just returning to the part of the season where Russell Wilson is the MVP because Russell Wilson was absolutely dominant and he did so today. Finally, they had to throw the ball. Right, they just couldn't keep running it to keep up with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who were shredding that defense. And I mean, he was he was awesome. He dropped back to pass forty seven times, uh, twenty nine for forty three. Um, he, he made plays under pressure continuously. Um, he was actually better under pressure uh, than he was from a clean pocket, but one twenty five pass rating plus from both. I mean, he was just tremendous, and he's been tremendous all season. Has made these over-the-shoulder throws l- like it's nothing, like no one else yeah. in the in the league has. He's the MVP, right? One hundred percent, and and. and- yeah, you said it perfectly. Not only did they have to keep up with the fact that Tampa Bay's run defense has been one of the best in the league so far, Jameis Winston was awesome today. He was. He he failed to complete a pass over over twenty yards downfield. One was dropped, but he failed to complete a pass over twenty yards in the air, and yet had you know twenty nine and forty four for three thirty five, two touchdowns. He was great. There's always something with Tampa Bay, though. He had that one where he like empty handed it, and that really gave them the lead mm-hmm. the first time. Um, but you know. Interestingly, we, we talk about the outcomes of some of these games, and I know you know from the betting perspective, this was a number that had Seattle more like a touchdown favorite all the way down to about four. And like every game this weekend, except for, I believe, two, the, the market moved in the wrong direction of the outcome. Um, but, it, but it's one of those things where if Tampa Bay gets the ball first in, in overtime, we're probably talking about a Tampa Bay victory and sort mm-hmm. of them getting back on track. Uh, and instead, Seattle gets the, uh, the coin flip and to their credit, doesn't give Tampa Bay an opportunity to touch the ball. So good on Seattle. They're still terrible defensively, but they have the MVP of the league at the quarterback. Tyler Lockett targeted 18 times, caught 13 passes for 152, two touchdowns. 
So he's great, and he's five nine. Yeah, Tyreek Tyreek Hill, great. Also. He's five ten. Yep. It's really impressive to see guys who are not tall, but are fast and are effective in the NFL. I like the fact that the NFL is is in a place now where these guys are yeah. super valuable because the the time where where it was just hey are you tall let me throw it up and have contested catch season here for you is not fun to watch yep. but Tyler Lockett running under rainbow passes and catching him in the end zone is awesome um, and here's my question Tyler Lockett how many receivers are you taking over him well it's not very many and not and, a lot right and to your point what we're seeing the difference between a defensive back and a wide receiver is not hands per se it's ball skills it's the ability to address to the football and that's why we see guys like Lockett we see guys like Hill he's great Antonio Brown prior to these two guys not being the tallest receivers in the world but making contested catches because it's less about your height it's less about your actual hands and more about your positioning uh, and those guys do it terrifically um, for me for my money I'm I think the two Tampa Bay receivers are in the conversation I agree. they're clearly uh, very good uh, obviously Julio Jones um Odell's been bad. Odell's been bad, and yeah, and and kind of a. I mean, Tyler Lockett doesn't. I mean, he's like the most like mild mannered person in the world. No. It seems like. Well, he's a virgin. Uh, so there is that. Um, has manners, <laughs> right? Uh, DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins, Michael DeAndre Thomas, Hopkins. obviously, and the two Vikings receivers probably are in the conversation. Although Thielen got injured today, and uh, unfortunate. Obviously, do you know the two? The most underrated receiving core is clearly Detroit's. I mean, Marvin Jones is an absolute monster. Galladay yeah. as well. There's a, what we're coming to is the fact that there are a lot of different re- great receivers in the league, and there are many different ways to skin a cat. So we, you talk about Lockett had a great day today. DK Metcalf also had 100 yeah. yards. And what were the concerns about him coming out of college? It's that he can't move laterally or he can't do this, that. The concerns about Lockett were always too small. He didn't play great competition in the Big 12, all that kind of stuff. And what's great is that the NFL, the smart teams are finding a way to get receivers who aren't perfect. They're not Randy Moss. They're not Julio Jones physically and getting them to be effective. That's, I mean, that, that's the takeaway, I think. Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and Josh Gordon. Best receiving core in the NFL? No. Um, no, I mean, because I think like top, I, I think top end, you, you still want to have that top end guy. And, I, and at the same time, yeah. So my, part of me says, okay, New Orleans, just because Michael Thomas, I feel like is so much better mm-hmm. than number one for anybody else. And you backfill and they're still better. I also think Detroit. I, I, I think Detroit with Amendola, uh, Galladay, Jones, and then Hawkinson at tight end. I think like that. Interesting. Because I, I wouldn't put either of those two in there. I would say that it's Kansas City yes, with I, Kelsey Hill and Watkins. But I think that Seattle... Th- those that trio could be it all depends on whether josh gordon comes in and can actually yeah. play but what we saw of him in new england i thought was very um mm-hmm. optimistic and Pete carroll has a way of getting those guys to work out so i think they i think they legitimately could be can we pause for a sec kansas city wins against minnesota's defense with three backup offensive linemen on the field that's a pretty impressive feat for them um really really uh interesting Interesting to win a football, multiple football games this year with Cameron Irving starting at left tackle, I have to say. That's fair. All right, so let's talk about the playoff pictures now. And let's start with the NFC because um, there are two teams at the top of the NFC, right? It's the Niners and the Saints. Mm-hmm. Are either of those teams the best team in the NFL? 
Well, are both are they one and two? This is going to suck because this is a lot like the this is a lot like the Patriots conversation where yeah. I have to see San Francisco play a lot of our Seattle. Question, yeah, exactly. On Monday. Whereas I I firmly believe that New Orleans I've a lot of questions about New Orleans have been answered. What's the one? What's it? What's a question about New Orleans that we don't know? I I think New Orleans is the best team in the NFL. Yeah. And I said they were the best team. We said they were the best team in the NFC for weeks now. And they are the most complete team. They've played by far the hardest set of of games Mm -hmm. and under the hardest set of circumstances. Among good teams, yeah. Right, relative to the Patriots, obviously. Um, So to me, the Saints are the best team in the NFC. Now, they're not number one because they have that one loss, you know, obviously to the Rams when Breeze got hurt. But the Niners and the Saints now are starting to solidify themselves at the top of the NFC. And really, the only thing that can derail the Niners is the fact that they do have to play the Saints. So it's pretty feasible that that game, you know, could be a real turning point, right? Because they have two Seahawks games, they have a Packers game. So that game could really hurt them in terms of who plays yeah. home field. Should we get they play to Saints in New Orleans, which is no which is rough, no easy. They play the Ravens too. And then right now we've got the Packers, the Cowboys, the Seahawks, and the Vikings are the ones that are in. Um, the Cowboys obviously have to play tomorrow. Uh, they play the Giants tomorrow. Philadelphia on a two-game winning streak, back above five hundred, only a half game back. Seahawks feel like they they have to be a playoff team, right? With just how good Russell Wilson has been, how good that offense is. You disagree? No, I, I think they should be, and and the league would the league would be missing out if he wasn't on a playoff team. Um, I just think. Like who who's getting that wild card from them? I don't think it's the Rams. Yeah, I, well, the thing is, is the Seahawks also have to play all these teams as well, right? So it, it comes down to right. You have the Seattle has to play the Forty ers twice in the Rams, right? And then they have to play Minnesota, which I know Minnesota has been Where a pumpkin in Seattle. I mean, it's just they don't. They're a lot like these. A lot of these teams have a lot of tests coming up, whereas the Saints have had tests before. They've they've and they've passed. Uh, all of them except for the Rams game where Breeze got hurt. I, to me, the only test that the, that the Saints have is whether or not Breeze is completely healthy. Yeah. That's really, to me, uh, where, you know, how often is his ar- how long is his arm going to sustain itself? Is it through January or does it peter out like it did last season? Um, but, you know, Minnesota obviously is in the mix. Philadelphia is, I don't think you can ever count them out as much as they want to be the new Falcons right. sometimes on Sundays. Um, so then that's kind of and then and then I think the Rams. I mean, we haven't seen the Rams in, you know, a week of course, but they're not they're not necessarily to be, you know, left out there. Um it, it what just, do you think what do yeah. you think of the Niners? Because again, Thursday night football, I don't want to overreact to their defense. They play the Cardinals at home 2 weeks late, you know, basically in two games. And so maybe they didn't show everything. I don't want to overreact to giving up 25 to an offense like Arizona. Jimmy Garoppolo played terrifically both on and off the field that day. Yep. And that's like kind of where I I question the 49ers in the sense, again, that like that Thursday night game just like it answered some questions, but it opened up others. It did. It's a Thursday night game. And so for that reason, I think there's a lot of a lot of nothing to take Mm -hmm. away from it. Um because I didn't expect the Cardinals' defense to put up any sort of um, you know, resistance to them. I expected their passing offense to have a really good game in this game. 
They did. Jimmy G looked great. The over hit. <laughs> exactly. And it was one game. And here's, here's my takeaway from that game. This is the only thing I'm willing to take away from that game. Is that a couple weeks ago, we talked about the acquisitions the Patriots and the Niners made. And I don't think Mohamed Sanu is that big of a, an addition. I think he was, he was overpaid. I mean, he had a ton of receptions today. He blew that one interception that Brady threw to Earl Thomas by stopping his route and then not touching him down. Emmanuel Sanders legitimately has a chance turn around that passing game because they had no receiver jimmy g had no receiver no. that he trusted there he clearly trusts emmanuel sanders the throws that he was making to emmanuel sanders are not throws that he makes to dante pettis and now it knocks dante pettis down and rung and yep. he's able to go against you know the the secondary secondary players and get open and catch wide open yep. uh, touchdowns like he did in that game. Well, we we so saw that, the opposite of that in Minnesota today, where Adam Thielen comes exactly. out and you see now the Ola BC Johnsons of the world are no longer as open against second corners as they would be against third corners. It makes a lot of sense what you're saying. So so I think that the potential there is all about Emmanuel Sanders and the offense, but there's no reason to, to overreact to this. There's no reason to think that the Niners are better than the Saints. I have no reason, though, to knock the Niners below the Packers or the Cowboys or the Seahawks or the Vikings, who have all shown myriad warts throughout the season. The Seahawks game with the 49ers is going to be awesome, and it's kind of a shame that Tess and Boog get to call it. Um, but it feels like, it feels right that the NFC West should have two teams and that the NFC North should have two teams. And that means that one of the Cowboys or the Eagles are going to yeah. miss out. Um, and that feels right. Like, those teams do not – they are not as good as that other group. Well, we were watching the Bears-Eagles game and just thinking to ourselves how much how much it felt like – because we had a little Eagles money line and we had, you know, it, how much it felt like rooting for the Falcons when we had the Falcons against <laughs> yeah. the spread so often in 2017 and 2018 in that there's clearly talent there. There, are, There's a defense that if you squint a little bit has – some op- chances to be good, but that squinting today was how bad Mitch Trubisky is. And, but then just kind of like Doug Peterson just loves giving the ball to Jordan Howard, right? And then so, you know, so it, it, there was an opportunity for the Bears to come back in that game. Luckily for the Eagles and their fans, they did not. But uh, it'll be interesting to see um, what happens to them. You know, obviously they got to keep pace with Dallas. Dallas is probably going to win tonight against New New York, but uh, they have a tough one against Minnesota on Sunday Night Football next week. So it, it'll be interesting to see how this this one works out. We have yeah, obviously their win total under, so we'll be sort of looking at that, monitoring as the season goes on. Yeah, um, it, it's interesting. I'm looking at this now. Uh, you know, again, and the Vikings and the Rams are so close. It'd be amazing for the Rams not. Yeah. Not to make it. Um, I mean, you could. It wouldn't be a shocker to see the Rams squeaking over the Vikings either. Oh, it was the exact same thing as last year. The Vikings were out ahead. They they had the, they had a game or two on the Eagles, and then the Eagles started Nick Foles and caught the Vikings from behind. Yeah. You mentioned the Bears. We should talk about the Bears real quickly because the Bears are check. Let me check my notes here. They're three and five after like trading, the, charting the exact same course as Jacksonville last year. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, it's weird that Bortles North would have the same uh, results as Bortles South did just a couple of years back. I wonder if Trubisky is able to to become the backup of a Los Angeles team next year 
that seems like an ideal place for him. Um, but they traded two first-round picks for Khalil Mack. The team that traded away Khalil Mack, the Raiders, are 4-4. Four and four. We're yeah. going to talk about them in the playoff picture. We're not talking about the Bears in the playoff picture. So basically, the Raiders are going to get a, a nice top pick because of the Bears, not because of themselves. Everyone talked Unreal. about how that pick was going to be at the bottom of, right, you know, right. of the draft. Don't worry, we're going to be good. And it wouldn't matter. Um, what should the Bears like? What should the Bears even do? Like, are they just screwed? Are they are five years of mediocrity coming their way? And it sucks so bad it? because their defense has some good players on it, right? I mean, such as Khalil Mack, Khalil Mack, yeah. Prince of Mucamara, Kyle Fuller, Eddie Jackson, Haha Clinton is fine, Roquan Smith, Akeem Hicks. I mean, uh, yeah. But it's it's back. To uh, they the should point. just sign a veteran and say you you get the opportunity to start for one year. Yeah. And the NFC North is going to be down just due to regression. And good luck. Yeah, just calls. It's, it's a real shame because the point that you brought up with Mac when we were talking about how the trade was a huge win for the Raiders and that it wasn't that big of a win for the Bears because Trubisky actually had bad fundamentals was that Mac and, and really any non quarterback is only going to be able to add at most you know, a win above replacement. At most. And. That win obviously can be distributed in the right places and have a huge impact, but it matters way more when you're trying to go from 11 to 12, 12 to 14. Yep. When you're trying to go from four to five wins, it doesn't feel like there's any impact whatsoever. And so that is exactly what's happening with the Bears, and they are feeling the brunt of this. They don't have a way to reload. Now I'm worried about the Cam Newton thing because I think he comes back to the Panthers. I think the Panthers keep Cam Newton based on how, how Kyle Allen's kind of you know, he's okay. Yeah, it dwindled. That a offense bit. is honestly being carried by McCaffrey. Yes, and uh, and so far so good, I guess. So I don't know what uh, Jameis, Mar- Mariota, Mariota would be Minshew. Chicago would eat Bowles. up, chew up, and spit out Mariota. Right, the kind of BS that Mariota's up to. Jameis is also similar, but honestly, like if you have a defense like that. Maybe I, I don't know. Would you go more conservative or go more? Because I don't think this is a place for somebody like Bridgewater or somebody. I don't like, think Bridgewater. Well, actually, because this is like this is not a I'm going to start for a bunch of years place. This is a you get one chance. I'm going to try this out until we can actually get our yeah. first round picks back. Maybe it's a Foles place. Foles. Although, dude, Minshew, Minshew, Minshew's gone the way of Chuck Norris's jokes and they've. It petered out of late so right. uh, Foles might still be the long-term answer in Jacksonville at least you know moving forward yeah I mean if if I'm a Bears fan the problem is is this is the same thing the Vikings had with Cousins going into the offseason you just don't have a lot of hope and and franchises unless you're a Super Bowl contender year after year after year the thing that you peddle is hope and the Bears have Bears and their fans have none right now I mean it, the if, they made that game appear far closer than it really was. Yep. But there were Bears fans like standing at the top of tall buildings, uh, you know, midway through that game. It was not pretty. Um, I mean, whatever. We don't need to talk about it more. But it is important to remember that this is why you don't just trade away first round picks with a guy that led the league in negatively graded throws. Those are just what a quarterback can control, and he clearly just doesn't. He, yeah. He's just not that good of a quarterback. There were so many reasons why Trubisky was not a person. And then they traded up for Montgomery in the draft this year. He's looked great. He's looked fine. 
<laughs> but he's a running back, and he's a running back for a three and five team. He's looked terrible. Uh, let's move to the um, let's move to the AFC here, uh, and the AFC is kind of all over the place now, right? So, Patriots to the top, but the Ravens kind of sneakily now sort of have this chance to you know. Well, maybe not catch the Patriots, but they can be in the top two, certainly. Uh, they can get home field. You got the Texans, who won pretty convincingly yep. uh, this morning. You've got Kansas City. You have the Bills at 6-2 and two now, yep. right? They're only a game back. Um, and, they're, and a lot of these teams are on the Ravens' schedule, right? The Ravens have a date with Houston at home in two weeks. At Rams, home against Niners, mm-hmm. and then at Bills are the next are the f- four of the next five games for them. Um, so the road doesn't get any easier for the Ravens after they they come here next next weekend and play the the Bengals. So it feels to me like there's the okay the Patriots are probably going to figure some things out, yeah. stick you know f- get the one seed. Then you've got the Ravens, the Texans, the Chiefs, and the Bills. Let's rank those four teams because to me it's those four teams, and then there's teams hoping to get the last yeah. wild card, right? Um, I'd assume we'd put the Bills fourth there, of that group of four: uh, Ravens, Texans, Chiefs, Bills. Yeah, let's put. I, I I would actually put Indianapolis ahead of Buffalo, without Brissett. Well, Brissett had an MCL injury, so he's out for like maybe a week or two. I mean, he didn't come back in that game. Yeah, but like generally an MCL is probably anywhere from one to four weeks, right? If he's out four weeks, they're behind the Bills. I'm That's sorry. true. Okay, okay. Brian Hoyer was an absolute travesty. Yeah, and the Bills are well... The, so the interesting thing about Buffalo is that, you know, they do a lot of things that are really smart. You know, the, the drafting of Josh Allen above Lamar Jackson notwithstanding, they do... They run a pretty good defense. They have good special teams, all that kind of stuff. So, I, yeah, I don't have an issue, I guess, with them at four then. Um, now, here's the, the tricky one. So the Chiefs, the Texans, and the Ravens. Who's third in that group in your mind? Uh, you mean Texans, too? So, okay. Chiefs, Texans, Ravens. Yeah, I mean, I, I would go with Houston. And I know they beat Kansas City, but I think that there are some things that Kansas City has figured out since then. And then also... Um, the the Texans, it's so hard though. Deshaun Deshaun Watson is so good that it's just hard to put him anywhere. Mm-hmm. But I, I just by default, I have to put him third. Yeah, that's tough. I I think it's I think the Chiefs are the are the best of that of that trio, and it's um it's it's the combo of Mahomes and Andy Reid. When when Mahomes is healthy, and I think he will be healthy, yeah. I, I don't. I, I actually think this this little injury to his knee is a blessing in disguise for his ankle. His ankle was going to be a, an issue the whole year long, and that that just wasn't going to work out. The Texans beat the Jaguars. The Jaguars aren't great. I'm just going to throw that out there, and let everyone know. And they have a ton of injuries, and they don't have the coaching. You know, Bill O'Brien has done some good things, but he's not Andy Reid. And then the tough thing for the Ravens is just that as great as Lamar Jackson is, he's the third best quarterback of that group. As great as John Harbaugh is and his decision making is great, I, I just don't think that their offense, yeah. you know, their passing offense is just not as good. So I would go um I would go Chiefs at one. Um 
I would go uh, Ravens at two and Texans at three. But man, Ravens versus Texans, that's so hard. And we'll figure that out, I believe, uh, relative because yeah, yeah, they play each other. But um, interestingly, interestingly for Watson, we talked about how his pressure rate had gone down when we made the pick. Uh, Houston was a pretty sizable edge for us early in the week. And then that game actually flipped favorites at the very end to Jacksonville. Watson, through the first two weeks of, of this season, was like the most pressured quarterback in the NFL. And then from week three on, he was like in the 20s in terms of ranking. Today against Jacksonville, he was pressured on 14 of 32 dropbacks, so a little bit higher. Um, and that's always the concern, right? The, the, the concern is that you know he invites a little bit too much pressure, and that causes maybe a few more sacks than necessary, a few more turnovers than necessary, whereas you don't see that necessarily with Mahomes. And, you know, Lamar Jackson just sort of like flips the entire script on a, of offensive uh, football evaluation. So um, with all the injuries uh, afforded to Houston, I think all that stuff, defense doesn't matter and everything when you're playing good offenses. But when you have good offense versus good defense, uh, I think Houston's the most exploitable team of these three. Yeah, it's tough because I would rather have Watson than Lamar Jackson. But I'm not sure. I'm just not sure which scheme I'd rather have. You know, because the Ravens have something that feels repeatable, whereas the Texans, it's like I'm always waiting for Lamar or for Deshaun Watson to bail me out. And the and the Chiefs but, and offense, he has. Yep. Yeah. And speaking of bailing out, the the Chiefs offense has not played together as a unit since like the tenth play of the season. So we're all the things that we're seeing with them is yeah. sort of a makeshift, right? So if they can, you know, they can come together. They're probably the best offense of those three. And then defensively, they've done some interesting things in recent weeks, especially I think because they were exploited so badly by Houston at home. They've started to play, I think, two very sizable defensive tackles and move Chris Jones out to end, and that has really, I think, helped them at least not be a huge sieve in the run game. Uh, and their secondary has you know, not been tested a lot, but they've also played better than expected this year. All right, the last wild card spot. Colts, 5-3 and three in mm-hmm. the driver's seat. Brissett goes down, so that opens the door a little bit. The Steelers are 4-4. Four and four. They, they probably should have beaten the Ravens with Duck Hodges, yep. as you alluded to. And the Raiders, without Khalil Mack, are 4-4 four and four as well. How? how, how? I don't really know. a good question. I don't know. Uh, the Jaguars are four and five. The Titans are four and five. The Chargers are four and five. Um, who, who's getting this last wild card spot? Well, if you want it, if you want the smartest team, it's the Colts. Mm-hmm. The issue with the Colts is that at, at some point you're down to your third quarterback, and that it's just hard to win with a third quarterback. And we talked about this season. The Pittsburgh was a great bet to make the playoffs. Great bet to win that division. And of course, yeah. you throw Big Ben out of the out of the situation, and we temper our expectations a little bit for them. But the the fact of the matter is, is the Steelers. The one of the reasons that we said that they were an underrated bet going into the season is their schedule. It's they a get joke. To, they get to play the Browns twice. They get to play the Bengals on the road. They get to play the Cardinals on the road. And then they get the, the Bills coming in. The Bills might be a tough test, but honestly, I don't. And then they get to play at Jets and then finally at Ravens. There's a decent amount of road games in there, but they also like. The, I, there's a clear path here to nine and seven for, for Pittsburgh. And and I think that you know nine and seven is probably going to be good enough in the in the AFC. You know who I think it is? Chargers. I think it's the Raiders. Oh, okay. I, I think that I don't think it's the Chargers. Um, Chargers are the most talented of that group in many ways. Certainly. Well, and they get Derwin James coming back. 
They're also they're also probably the 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 structure there is probably the weakest. Yeah. Home field advantage not there, and also the fact that you know they they just don't make the right decisions. I a think lot. they'll have a chance, and then Philip Rivers is just going to get killed because his offensive line yeah. can't pass protect. But here's the thing: the Colts they have to play the Texans. They have to play at the Saints. They have to play at the Bucks. Um, they have the Jaguars twice still. Who are you know not uh, they're a real team and they have the Panthers, but the Raiders get the Bengals, the Jets. I mean, those are the Jaguars, the Titans, they, who are both well, right. They play basically you know a very similar schedule except yeah. for they have the Bengals and the Jets, where the Colts they've got the Saints and the Bucks. Yeah, and that's a huge difference. Yeah, and the the Raiders have actually done some nice things. Like Derek Carr had ten yards per attempt from a clean pocket. Their offense is is actually like legit josh jacobs can run the football which is something that we obviously like you know he probably Derek Carr played really but. well today and, and his was, receivers are only getting healthier he, he was only under pressure 12 times out of 32 that's always the key right he, he's got to have a nice a nice pocket to throw from but i legitimately think the raiders can make the playoffs yeah they play ne- four of their next six at home the nfl just sometimes makes these dumb decisions so oakland's leaving Right, the Raiders are leaving Oakland, yep. and they get two road games to end. Yep. Like their oh, like last game in Oakland is going to be middle of December against the Jags. Like yeah. what a joke! Like, well, what? yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, you never know. The NFL is that we as we've gone through the schedule this year. Like, oh, let's just schedule a, guy, a team off a bye on Monday Night Football. Like right. that makes a ton of sense. Or let's let's schedule the Raiders. The Raiders could be playing like the Chiefs or the Broncos or the Chargers at home. I don't know. I sucks. just have to say I am rooting so hard for the Raiders to make the playoffs and the Bears not to. Well, and and it, it's good to see the fact that like it's clear that John Gruden has faults. But he's doing a ton of great things offensively and he was last year. He schemed up some good offense last their, year. Their offense is no joke. Yeah. I'm and telling defense, you right now. Their defense is a, can make plays. They they rush the passer pretty well. Um, they're they're weak on the back end and all that nonsense. But like, if they get in shootouts as we saw today against Detroit, they can win. Here's the thing of that group that we just talked about. Derek Carr is the quarterback I'm taking of that group, yeah. and that scheme is the scheme that I'm taking. I mean, this is a team that's already this that's beaten the Colts, who are pretty good. They've beaten Denver, who's not the worst team in the world. They they beat the Lions, who we thought were the best team in the NFC North at one point in time, and then they covered the spread against Houston. So. And the and the Bears they won outright, which isn't as impressive anymore. So they're a good team. Speaking of the worst team in the world, the Cleveland Browns might be the worst team in the world, and I'm looking forward to uh, this. So I just this is hot off the press here. Um, Lafleur Kitchens, a new farm to table, opening summer 2020, Manitowoc, Wisconsin. So this should be this should be pretty great. I'm I thought, I thought they'd choose Economa Walk, but <laughs> tomato uh, tomato. It should be great. I'm look, they should have some real nice uh, real nice options to serve up. They might not be very organized. You know, there might be a few things you know missing here or there, but mm-hmm. but I think that they'll put together some nice dishes. That I mean, Lafleur probably gets another year, right? Because the team is is doing you know well enough. Yeah, they're good on the on the win loss record for sure, but. but the Browns lost to Brandon Allen. It, this has got to be. This, yeah. This can't be. Um, well, we were taking. We were this taking. Can't happen. We were taking flack because Green Line had an edge on on uh, Denver plus three and a half plus four 
all week and we were taking flack for it and we're like you know for one brandon allen's not that big of a downgrade from flacco let's be honest Mm -hmm. and secondly like coaching matters man and like it's not that it's not that you know kitchens didn't make any errors today that were so like they had no timeouts left so that was an error in the fourth quarter um, but it was, it's just the, there's just something all the time with the team. Right. And, and to me that like reflects a little bit on the structure. There's some, no, there's always a drop pass. There's a always lot. a person jumping off sides. There's always somebody out of position and there's always no timeouts left when you're trying to hold the other team to, to stop the other team and get the ball back and score a touchdown. Like the, that to me is consistent and it's been a consistent theme for the Browns all year and is as much as Denver has had troubles, they, I think, have been well coached from a broad perspective, and that showed today. There was a, I forget who it was that tweeted out, but apparently the NFL called and said that there were um, uniform violations for Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr., that if yeah. they didn't fix at halftime, they wouldn't be allowed to play in the second half. Yeah. It is week nine i know and this stuff is still happening and baker mayfield is going two for seven on throws 10 plus yards downfield and is under pressure on 20 46 yeah. dropbacks i mean it is a disaster over there who does denver play this week Do they have well well all i know is i want to fade denver because i just looked at this he was uh brandon Allen was pressured on 10 of 15 dropbacks he had a hundred he had more yards on on passes from a pressured pocket and then clean 18.2 yards per attempt from a pressured pocket. Like this game was extremely noisy and extremely. And like, frankly, the, the Broncos were lucky to win the game, but sometimes teams like Cleveland just give other teams luck. Yeah. Who's the coach in Cleveland next year? Uh, wow. That's a good one. Uh, I'm always going to say Bill Belichick. You're just sticking to that one. Mm hmm. Um, I I would have said Lincoln Riley, but I honestly think Lincoln Riley's like that's not yeah, yeah I, that's not worth my time. I mean, how do you solve this problem? So like, let's say your kitchens and you're gonna you you have the assurance of the owner that you're gonna be there for two at least the rest of the season and next season. How do you solve the problem? Well, I assume that the problem is so deeply riddled that just nothing runs on schedule there. So to be perfectly honest with you. I would start from the very bottom. I would start with when do meetings start? What time? Yeah. What are the consequences if you're not there? What does every practice look like? What is the dress code for every practice? Because if they're playing like this, practice has got to be an absolute shit show. That, that's the only explanation. Because these guys are either practicing really well and then deciding to play like they've leaked their brains out of their ear or they're practicing like garbage and that's why they're playing like garbage and so i would start with the minor details i would incessantly get those cleaned up and i would make an example of every person that fucks up i just cursed but it's a podcast so no one cares but i agree but like how do you so because the issue is clearly and i don't know if you can do that in week nine i I gotta be honest that is the first thing i would do with the off season the simple solution is to is to is to get rid of the coach and to make an example of a player. Like, look, we are going to we are going to trade Jarvis Landry to whatever, right? And we don't care that it, he costs us a ton of money and all this kind of stuff. Now, you can't trade anybody now because the and and really firing the coach doesn't accomplish anything right now. You're out of the playoffs basically right. at this point in time. 
no team in the history of the NFL has made the playoffs after starting two and six. So, you know, it, but the hard part is, is the easy solution is, oh, just get rid of Freddie Kitchens. But I honestly don't think that that's enough. I think once people have already gotten comfortable, like once somebody's already gotten comfortable disrespecting a situation, it's difficult to keep them there. Yeah. I could see Eric Bieniemy being a uh, mm-hmm. a candidate there, but I got to think they want to bring in someone with an established. I mean, Mike McCarthy's clearly one record. Right? That's that's the one. Although there's probably going to be yeah, Mike McCarthy is a solid one. When Dorsey's a former Green Bay executive, so it, you know you have there all you that. McCarthy coming to Cleveland. All right, you ready to do some games? Let's do this. All right, we are going to start with uh, the three games that are worth talking about, and that is actually, for the first time, the three uh, primetime games, which is, you know, first time for everything. Um, So let's go with uh, Thursday night, Chargers at Raiders. I just blew the Raiders up, which means they're going to suck. I said the Raiders would be three-point favorites at home. And I said two-and-a-half. And it looks like, wow. So when Sunday Night Football began, it was one and a half. And now it is Chargers taking money. They didn't take money this week. They, but they are taking some money. They are minus one. Uh, sorry, the, Charger, the Chargers are plus one. So Chargers are taking money. It, Oakland was favored by a point and a half. Now they're only favored by a point. The, I mean, obviously, I expected the Packers to win in yep. uh, Los Angeles. And the, and the Chargers winning was worth a few points. Yeah. Um, that's very clear. I love the Raiders. Yeah, I think the chart. the The difficulty is this is the fact is, is this win by the Chargers at home was a deviation of basically everything under, uh, you know, under the current regime, right? Right. But it was a it was an us against the world yeah. thing, right? Like they could have. Fa- I thought they. A lot of people thought they were going to fall apart. Mm-hmm. But they walked in the stadium and they go, look, everyone here is a Packers fan. Everyone here is bet against us. Yep. So we're going to come out and we're going to give it everything we've got. Mm-hmm. And now they've done that and they feel good about themselves. And now they go on the road and they go to Oakland. Yep. And people are excited in Oakland. And Oakland's back home for the, you know, they're finally getting a chance yeah, to kind yeah. of they sustain another, some momentum here. Five out of seven games at home, so... The time is now for that. Uh, there's no way that you would, you can tell me that the the Raiders and the Chargers are like significantly different teams. No, I don't think I don't think that. The my only issue is the Chargers have been a lot better on the road the last few, the last few years, and then Oakland is Oakland. If Oakland is as is as bad of a team as they have been historically, bad teams do not handle success very well. True. And so that would be, but that could also be true about the Chargers. So I like them less now. Okay, this one, this one. Which one are we going to now? Uh, Vikings versus the Dallas. Sunday night game. Yes, is uh, Vikings Cowboys in Dallas? Wow, yeah, pretty. Okay, exciting. so I said, um, I said that Dallas would be three and a half point favorites. Uh, I said uh, Dallas by three. All right, where do we do we have it up? I don't think we have it up because of really well Monday Night Football. Unless you can find it somewhere else. I mean, they I'm looking at Bet Online currently, but I could be uh, Dallas minus three. Okay, so right on, right on for you, and I a think that, for me. I think that makes sense, though, right? I mean, 
Minnesota is a, a pretty decent team. They, I mean, they did just lose, but you know it was a close game. Yeah, and Dallas is a pretty decent team, and it's like okay, well they're at home, so. Yeah, I I would say this is one of those where we'll probably be. I'm trying to think. Would we be on either side here? I think I'd have a hard time betting if it if it was three. I'd have a hard time betting either side. If it's three and a half, I think I'd like. I think I'd take the points of Minnesota. Yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with you. I, I'm curious to see what Dallas does against New York, but I'm really more curious to see if Adam Thielen comes back mm-hmm. because that offense looked pretty decrepit against a team that we know is not very good defensively mm-hmm. in the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, but also my thing with Dallas is they just they beat up on bad teams and they struggle versus good teams. And it'll also be interesting to see how injured they are after this, this yes. game against the Chiefs. Because like Leighton Van Der Esch is already not playing tomorrow night or tonight. Um, and so that could be an issue. Um, yeah, I it's agree. It's a big game for both teams. So um, that, it should at least be a fun game. But I think at three... Uh, you know, probably a pass. Do you think it moves? I mean, obviously it depends on Monday night. So if there's, it, there's nothing that really that can happen to, but m- if Dallas to, wins by 10, then you think it's no. a three and a half. If they lose to the giants and look very bad doing so, I could see this cro- going down to two and a half. I could see that too. But, uh, but other than that, I don't really see much. All right. This is the game of the week without a doubt. And it comes on Monday night, Bug, Seattle and Russell Wilson, MVP, Russell Wilson, Jimmy G, I really want to know if uh, he and Aaron Andrews connected later in the in the evening. He really seemed to have a nice. Some people, some people were like really getting after him about like being like a chauvinist or something. And I was like, dude, just I think stop. any, I think, I think if anything, we should assume incompetence when malice when when you want to place malice there. Like I thought he just like slipped up. It wasn't a slip up. He was pumped up. That's how people talk. Right. But that was, that's my whole thing. I don't think he meant to be anything other than just pumped up about winning a football game. Yeah, of course not. I know. But people were like attributing malice to him. And I'm like, no, he just was uh, jacked up about having a good game after everybody doubted him all year. You mean like people on Twitter with an IQ of two? Yeah. Shocker. Stunned by that. Stunned by that. This is going to be a fantastic game, though, because you have Russell Wilson. Jimmy G has just played such a great game. Seattle doesn't have much of a defense. It's in San Francisco. Um, they have Josh Gordon. The Niners have Emmanuel Sanders. They also get a chance to rest up. Hopefully, George Kittle can play. I have the Niners favored by four and a half at home. Yeah, I actually said I said San, I said San Francisco would be three and a half. Um, and... That was kind of like, you know, we had we I think we had Seattle winning by more than they actually did today. Um, But it looks like six. Yeah. And prior to Sunday Night Football, it was six and a half. So we've seen them creep back more towards our idea here at six. I mean, this is another one. This is like this is Detroit territory. I feel like Detroit against Green Bay. So think if you I'm right there. with. I knew this was going to be the case. I knew it because. The Niners are undefeated. They yeah. get the extra rest. Yep. Um, Seattle very easily could have lost that game, as you pointed out. Jameis Winston looked great. Six and a half is just way too many points for Russell Wilson. Yeah. In a game that Seattle needs to win. 
This is a massive game for Seattle. If Seattle wants to win the, if Seattle has any designs on winning the division, they, they have to have win this to win game. this game. And here. here's the thing with Seattle is I know they lost to the Ravens big, but Russell Wilson is just a guy that like makes plays, yeah. and I, I just can't imagine there ever being a margin that San Francisco would get up where. Russ Wilson is not going to make some valiant comeback effort. Here's and this is why I'm looking at weather in Santa in Santa Clara um for, you know, 8 days out or whatever, yeah. 7 days out. The total on this game is 45. Which is a two and a half points, three actually two points higher than where it closed on Thursday night yeah. we had over 42 and a half. It, that seems short to me. And it, and actually it's juiced towards the under. What are, I, I mean, I think they just figure both teams are going to run the heck out of the ball. Yeah, but Seattle just like if any if we've learned anything about Seattle this year is that they learn they're like Markovian in how they learn about football. They they win a game after making a blundering on a bunch of fourth down calls. Well, they do. They continue to blunder fourth down calls. They they made the playoffs last season on a ground and pound and and focus on Russell Wilson on third downs. How did they win today's game? Uh, airing it out. Airing it out. So I think that they're, I mean, there's a better than average chance they're going to air it out against the 49ers on, so. on Monday Night Football. Yeah. I, 45 is just a short number. We're not talking about the 51 we had in Seattle today against Tampa I agree. Bay. I agree. And, and Seattle's defense is also not good. Not good. San Francisco is very efficient. I, I like both. Uh, if it's six. When I get home this evening, <laughs> this morning, the long bike ride to I, I mean, I'm not I'm so excited to watch this game. Six is ridiculous. I think this gets I think this drops by two points. Yep. The Josh Gordon hype will get rolling. Um, man, this one's surprising to me. Yeah, it really is. Um, all right. Those are the, the big games of the week. The rest of them kind of suck. Yeah, it's unfortunate. So uh, this is a group of games that potentially, I think... Have some narrative to them. They've got some chance, you know, at like being kind of interesting. We're going to steamroll through these. We've got Buffalo. uh, You're going to love this. Going to Cleveland. I'm just trying to get some timestamps down here. Uh, Buffalo going to Cleveland. I have Cleveland favored by one. And I had... um, I had it at Pickham, and you were closer than me because as of Sunday Night Football, Cleveland was favored by a field goal. What? And now it's minus two. Wow. Yeah. So, so people think, okay, the fundamentals for Cleveland are still good. I don't know what fundamentals they're looking at. I don't like, but the player level, like, so let's say you're, you're building. They lost to Brandon Allen. At the player level, though, if you add up the war for it, this Cleveland team, it is higher than that of this Buffalo team. Sure. Yeah. No, I'm just, uh, yeah. what I'm saying is if you look at player level, so the stuff that people it's, use it's to bet on games. It's because of the quarterback. And the rest of the team. Like, the Buffalo Bills don't have a receiver that's nearly as good as any of these two guys, even if they're playing like crap. Yeah, I mean, they're playing really poorly. The And Buffalo is one of those defenses, interestingly, that's probably more than the sum of its parts. Leslie Frazier, um, Sean McDermott are terrific coaches. Like, I can see the reason why Cleveland's favored here. I don't agree with any of it, but I but I can see it. 
This is another kitchen sink game. Yeah, for them. this is a kitchen sink game. I, Here's the thing: if this game gets started <laughs> off poorly for Cleveland, Dude. their fans are throwing fruit on the field. But can you imagine Odell? Like Josh Allen is like Josh Allen's kind of clowned on a little bit around the league. Do you, do you can you imagine? Josh Allen outperforming Baker and the kind of nonsense that Odell and Jarvis are going to give Baker if that happens, like yeah, it's not going to be good. Yeah, that one has some. That one's compelling because I I have I can see Cleveland covering. I can see Cleveland winning this game by four touchdowns. I also wow. think that Buffalo is a better team than Cleveland is. I agree. I'm there with you. Uh, next up, Rams go to Pittsburgh. Jared Goff, nice old rest, recuperation with Coop. Cooper Cup. Uh, Mason Rudolph in Pittsburgh at home once again. I have the Pittsburgh Steelers getting three and a half points at home. Yeah, I said two and a half, and you would appear to be more right than me. It's four. And as of Sunday Night Football, yeah, so it's basically stayed at four even since earlier last night. Do you have any feelings about this game? Uh... I think the Rams are well coached, so coming off of a bye, you're going to see probably some adjustments here. Pittsburgh's defense can kind of fly around a little bit, do some things. Bud Dupree might be good. Um, and Jared, like to me, like how can you lay more than a field goal, Jared Goff, on the road? It's yeah. really a question mark I have. That's that's where I'm at. I, I just can't trust Jared. That's Goff. why I had two and a half because I I would imagine the book. I thought the book would would want to dare people to take the Rams, um, yeah, in that spot and give themselves some two way exposure. I think. No, it's it's a really interesting question because everything it's everything with the Rams is good except I don't know what the quarterback's going to do and their defense sucks right now. Yeah, that's true. And, and it's not like Mason Rudolph can take a ton of advantage of it today. They wouldn't have won had yeah. there not been a pick six, a quarterback loss, and a a missed field goal, but. Um, I mean, I, I will say that they have like one receiver, and uh, no, Washington plays has played really well. Deontay Johnson is is pretty solid player. Juju's a, a like they have a good trio of receivers, frankly, and their tight ends. Good is a little aggressive for me. Okay, well, I still don't little think the Rams aggressive. are that impressive up front offensively or defensively at all, other than Aaron Donald, and then um, you know, and obviously at the quarterback position, but. Okay, but four. I think the Steelers. I mean, Deontay are. Johnson had one catch for one yard. Or Sorry, three yards. What about James Washington though? He had a good game today, yeah, he didn't had he? A fine game. So I think the Steelers plus four is the side here currently, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, though I though I don't, I don't, I won't enjoy it. No, it's never fun. <laughs> uh, Carolina at Green Bay. Um, what did I have here? What did you have? Six and a half, Green Bay. I think I was close. Again, begging that. people to bet Green Bay because Green Bay is a little bit overvalued right now. I have Green Bay favored by seven. Yeah, so I, I opted for the six and a half because I think even going into today, I thought Green Bay was a little fraudulent, even though we had their first half. But the, <laughs> Don't the, want to talk about it. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. So, um, and so I, I thought the book would say, okay, please bet on Green Bay, right? Please bet on Green Bay. And if they eke out a three-point win, then we all win type of thing. So, um, but it actually currently is five and a half. Wow. So, That's interesting. So people, you know, and this is a pretty dead number. What do you think it gets to? Do you think it gets to four no. or six first? I think it gets to six first. Well, 
I always just assume that the public is going to hammer Green Bay. Green Bay and they're going to assume a bounce back from Rodgers. Well, um, and he's facing Kyle Allen, who it's like, yeah, how are you? But Kyle Allen's Man. five and one as a starter, six and one if you count this last year. This is interesting. This is really interesting. I, people have really kind of liked Carolina. I don't put a bunch of stock in them beating the Titans. Christian McCaffrey's looked really good. Yeah. So maybe it does drop a little bit. Maybe it does get closer to four. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah, I, to me, this is going to be another one of those. Like, okay, two weeks ago, Carolina opened as five and a half point six six point dogs against yeah. San Francisco, and the the sharps like them all the way to four, four and a half in some cases, and like that to me, like that's the gravitation. Carolina has a good defense; they run the football well. You know that win that travels in November or whatever. So I I think that they're going to get the down, money. Interesting, and they. Kind of already have, right? Oh, look ahead was probably higher than this. Definitely. Well, the Green Bay sucked today. I don't know if you know. Next up, Detroit at Chicago. Mitch continues to roll. I had Chicago favored by a point and a half at home. Yeah. um, I had Chicago favored by two and a half at home. And it looks like prior to Sunday Night Football is three. It is still three. Shaded towards Bears. Wow. All right. This might be a opportunity again to invest in our Detroit Lions. Yeah. Because I and we we both talked. So this is an interesting example where we're wrong, and specifically me. Last Sunday night, I said, "Look, the Bears plus five or whatever, plus four and a half, whatever is a is a live underdog that I like." And I and I said, you know, I said that a few times on the show. I bet it myself. And then the PFF green line comes out, and not only did we not have a play on the Bears, we were more lean towards Philly, not to the point of playing it against Sreb, but we also had a small edge on the money line. Right. And again, so there are some times where our intuition is different than our numbers, um, and it was totally the case for today for the Bears, although the Bears were covering at one point later yep. on in the game. But I, I don't think the Bears are live anymore. I think their defense is vulnerable um, I think that their their quarterback is just un, unworldly bad, and Matthew Stafford is playing like other than the top guys, right? I don't think there's a second tier quarterback that's playing as well in the in the NFL right now as Matt Stafford. Yeah, maybe Derek Carr. Yeah, who beat him today? But I like uh, Detroit getting three. Yeah, same. Better quarterback getting points. A tale as old as time. Yep. All right, uh, Arizona at Tampa Bay, which it was I, like it was it was like Barabbas against Jesus, you know. Barabbas, Barabbas. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, Tampa Literally. Bay, Tampa Bay at home. This game is probably going to be one of the could be one of the more exciting games. I think, right? Probably. Could also be like terrible, yeah. like ten seven. Uh, I have Tampa Bay get uh, giving four points. Tampa Bay minus four. Okay, I had Tampa Bay minus two and a half, and they actually have five and a half for Tampa Bay right now. Let me make sure that 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 was before. Now it's five. So before Sunday Night Football is five and a half. Some money here on Arizona, so uh, minus five. So closer to you than than me, but still like kind of gravitating towards the Arizona side. I understand why Arizona is getting more than a field goal. 
I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we should overreact to that Niners game. It was a Thursday night game. Andy Isabella, you know, 88-yarder skews things quite a bit. Yeah. Um, Tampa Bay is just a tough team to bet on as a favorite because Jameis Winston just hates winning games. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't. I don't feel a particular type of way about this game. I would take the points of Arizona. I think both defenses are bad. I think both quarterbacks are up and down. I trust Murray not to make a huge mistake That's before fair. I trust Winston not to make a That's huge mistake. That's actually a really good point. I'm with you there. You don't need to do a lot of convincing to get me <laughs> on the uh, other side of James Winston. Yeah, yeah. All right, these are the games that suck. Stop. The New York Giants at the New York Jets. This game. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, Daniel Jones versus Sam Darnold. How many people do you think would take... Like, what percentage of people do you think would take Sam Darnold over Daniel Jones right now? Well, far less than we would. Because I think there's... At least one of us would take Darnold over Jones, so 50%. And I think that's higher than the public at large. Um, So... Both of us would take Darnold over Jones. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I think this, like, the split in the public could be skewed towards Jones. Oh, I agree. 100%. I mean, I think if you ask any Giants fans, they're freaking pumped that uh that that uh jones is their quarterback over darnold and they're freaking pumped that they get saquon barkley along for the ride as well um i have the jets favored by two and a half wow see i had giants minus four and a half now again this is not a road game right so it's it's basically neutral site i mean Uh, i thought the jets were gonna win today and the the giants are point and a half favorite okay yeah i mean I, the Jets losing to Miami is a reason to knock them down a peg. That's hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. I I thought that the – so the, we, we're the, a little shaded towards the Giants t- tomorrow, tonight. I mean, not enough to play it. But like – and we were – we took the Giants week one as one of our picks. So I think the Giants are going to be better tonight or, than than the public believes. And in which case – the Jets have done nothing but look horrible in all but one game this year. Mm-hmm. So right now, the Giants are the better of the two teams. Um, Might not be it, a bad idea to invest before. Yeah, right. If so you can find if, it. If you just want to lay the points, the, the the one and a half with the Giants right now. Kansas City goes to Tennessee. Ugh. I kinda, Is oh. Mahomes back for this game? That's a really interesting question, right? Because so, so let's say they lose today and they're five and four. Mm-hmm. Mahomes plays, right? No, no, no doubt, doubt about it. it. Now they give themselves a little bit of a cushion, and 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 I cannot stress this enough. Tennessee's awful. So does Baltimore winning change this at all? Right, because you. Because I think the Chiefs are rooting for the for the Patriots. Today. Right. If, I mean, if Baltimore loses, that's one less team that they have to compete with. They also have the tiebreaker with Baltimore. I think that they're less concerned about Baltimore than they maybe are Houston. Houston. Who, who has the tiebreaker with them. Um, okay, well, this game's off the board anyway, so guessing the line is sort of, right? Or Yeah, I mean, I thought it would be Tennessee uh, getting three and a half. And, and I was the exact same with you. I... Interestingly, though, right? So the the game this week opened at two and a half, right? Mm-hmm. And it kind of like, 
Ended up five and a half. That was playable for us by the time it got out there. Plus 200 on the money. It was also playable for us as well. So we got those. It was nice. It was a nice, you know, for us. But the the question we talked about last week with Mahomes was the whole, you know, let's like actually try to see how many points each quarterback's worth, right? At this point in time, how many points is more worth? And how many points is Mahomes worth? Because I think Mahomes oh, over like a replacement. Full strength, I think Mahomes is worth eight points over replacement, mm-hmm. like a, an off the street guy. Yeah, yeah. Moore is not a replacement player. Not when Andy, not when Andy Reid is his coach. So is he worth two and a half? Is he worth three? No. Here's the here's the issue. If you bring in a replacement level quarterback and he's playing for Andy Reid. Like he's is not a replacement. Who is the quarterback. worst quarterback, or who's the best quarterback that would suck with Andy Reid, given a week? Probably you. <laughs> I have. You I can, throw some. Mean you come in there, flip flops, socks. Andy, I'm ready. Andrew, <laughs> I call Coach him Andrew Reed. when he won't go for it on fourth down. Reed. I'm ready to go. My arm's a little okay, but then okay. So webs. let's say Mahomes. Mahomes comes back. He's less than healthy. Is that like? Is he six points better? Yeah. And then and then. More with Reed is maybe three. So you're talking about a field goal, field goal and a half, maybe. Okay, because that because to me that's that, a lot though. So because that to me like that explains the market going from two and a half to five and yeah. a half in, against yeah. Minnesota. Yeah. Even though there's obviously some built in that two and a half right. that Mahomes isn't playing full strength. Right, right. So the the thing the tough thing about that Kansas City Minnesota game. Was that was about Minnesota losing the game? Kirk Cousins was tr- was terrible. That's why they lost the game, and he was probably terrible because he wasn't ready to throw to Laquan Treadwell and Ola B.C. Johnson every play. Um, and you know, shocker. Uh, all right, these games are really a special kind of terrible. Atlanta at New Orleans. Now Oof. is Matt Ryan playing? I have no idea if Matt Ryan's playing. Look how far the Falcons have come in one year because last year on Thanksgiving, they were 13.5-point dogs at New Orleans on that, that Thursday night football game. Yep. And I, that's exactly the number I guessed for this game, both coming off of a bye. The number is now uh, 12. Oh. I, I don't think Matt Ryan's – I don't know. Is Matt Ryan playing? I, th- I got to think he's playing. I got to think that that's still a good number, even if he's playing. Yeah, I guess. I split the difference to 13. Yeah. I mean, I think this gets bet out quite a bit because Falcons are so horrible, mm-hmm. but we'll see. Um, anything more to say about this game? I mean, I, obviously, I, like... We already talked about the Saints. New Orleans gets Atlanta twice on their way to the one seed, so bless them. Um, the Falcons really need to be doing some soul searching. Uh, Miami one game winning streak goes to Indy could be vulnerable with Brian Hoyer. Uh, I said if Hoyer, um, I, well, I, I mean, I said, obviously this is with Jacoby Brissett, but I don't think I'd adjust it too much. Maybe a couple of points at nine and a half. See, I, I, I had, four. so this was before the game. So I had 14 and a half because uh-huh. Miami hadn't won yet. And Indy was favorites ish against yeah. Pittsburgh um, what is it? It's it was twelve before Sunday Night Football, and now it's eleven and a half. So Miami getting money. Yeah, I I just figured that you know Miami's covered 
couple straight times. Four consecutive games. You know, so like you gotta you gotta respect that a little bit. Uh cool. I was wrong. Um last game. The Baltimore Ravens, who just beat the New England Patriots, get to play here in Cincinnati against the Ooh, Cincinnati Bengals. God bless them. Right? Um, what did I say this was going to be? Uh, I said Cincinnati getting 12 and a half. I'm kind of like you today, I guess. I said 14 and a half. Um, How many are they getting? I don't see it here on, on, really? on, bet, on bet Online. Let me look at Pinnacle, maybe. It's ten and a half, and juice towards the Bengals, the home Bengals. Wow! All right. Well, I, uh, are you laying the points with the Ravens here? I feel like I'm tempted. Extended rest for the I'm Bengals. Really tempted. New quarterback, right? So Ryan Finley. <sighs> yeah, just often real emotional win for the Ravens. Yeah, I. So he, yeah, the, the Bengals are not good. <laughs> I mean, football, it's really not good for them. They did backdoor a couple teams here and there, like they backdoored bu- Buffalo, almost won. Yeah, they also back. Did they backdoor the Ravens the other time they played them? Is AJ Green playing? Yeah, I mean that's AJ Green could be a, a big time uh, help. Uh, who knows? Yeah, that's that's the week. Uh, 10 slate. What game? I think I know the answer to this. Uh, so I'm going to go first. The game that I'm going to go bet when I get home this morning, and that if you're driving to work, you should look at right now, is Seattle, San Francisco. Because if it's still six, I will be riding with Russell Wilson and rooting for my Niners yeah. to prove me wrong. Because I'm pretty, I'm not, I'm not, yeah. you know, I'm not decorating the Airbnb in Miami. But I am deciding how many cases of, of Casamigos tequila I'll need to bring with me. Do you have a, uh, a second game that you like? Yeah. I'm trying to decide between Cardinals at Bucks mm. or Lions at Bears. Mm. And I want to say that I, I like Jameis so much more than I like Trubisky, weirdly, that I yeah. will go Detroit plus the three. I like that. Yeah. Stafford's never let me down before except for a bunch of times. So let's go. Well, look, the home teams had a great week this yeah, week. Yeah, that's right. We we spent some time talking about how <laughs> there was – was it potentially noise that all the road teams had done Probably super noise. well? And then uh, as you would have it, home teams do – Well, do it wasn't even so. like they were all favored in one. Like right. Chargers were dogs. Chiefs were dogs. That's the thing. Denver was dogs. Eventually, you're an underdog in your own home. You're going to show yeah. up and play. Yeah. All right, uh, confession session. Oh, you no. had a confession uh, last time, and I have a com- confession. I was traveling this week. I was on my way home this morning, and uh, there's not a lot of flights from Washington, D.C. to Cincinnati. So the chances of me getting here in time for the games to start if I miss my flight are very slim. And so you know me, and normally when I show up to the airport, I take like no precaution and I'm there. My goal is to spend zero time in the airport Mm -hmm. and walk in, walk to the gate and be ready to board and have it be boarding. But because I take my job seriously, I make sure I get to the airport with plenty of time. So I get there and 
as I'm like checking through security, they change my gate so that I now have to go like to the other side of the of Reagan. And this is gonna this is gonna cost me some time. So I'm like hustling down to the shuttle, and there's a shuttle that's gonna drive me across the way. Like I could walk this distance in five minutes. It's not that long. So we're waiting for the shuttle, like time's ticking down. So I'm about 30 minutes from the scheduled uh, time for my, my plane to depart. So I'm like, I'm still fine. 25 minutes, 20 minutes, no shuttle. Okay, so finally the shuttle How shows How mad are up. you right now? Getting a little. So I asked Leah, I'm like, you know, where, where is this thing? She's like, oh, it's coming, it's coming. I'm like, okay. So we get on there with about 22 minutes to go before takeoff. And these two dudes on this shuttle are not they don't even look like they want to drive anywhere. They look like they are just parked here for the duration. So I'm like, hey, guys, I don't mean to be, you know, this dude. That guy. But there's no one else getting on the shuttle. Like, I need to get to this, this flight. And they go, oh, well, we have to stay here for a mandatory five minutes. I was like, dude, it takes five minutes to get to the other side. So <laughs> waiting, waiting. Finally, they start going. After about 30 feet of moving, they stop. I'm like, guys, at this point, I raise my voice. I'm like, I need to get to the fucking other side of the airport. I will get out and walk. Why can't we just move? And the guy points. There's another shuttle on the other end that hasn't moved yet. He goes, we can't move until the other shuttle moves. <laughs> so I lost my, my mind. I... I uh, I said a few choice words, and actually, they then started moving. And my flight ended up being delayed because American Airlines doesn't have enough people to do any of the work right, that they right, need right. to get of done. And, uh, and then I was able to get on the flight with uh, the normal Cincinnati Sunday morning crew, oh. which is incredible. There was you, a, a dude dressed in all red with a... Uh, Make America Great Again hat on. Oh, nice. Having a, having a normal day. <laughs> watching Peyton Manning detail the whole flight. And that was great. So I confess that I yelled at a poor you know, man who's driving a shuttle at DCA. Now, I'm sorry. Now, will you do something to rectify that? Or is it, or is it just a... Because there's, there's a thing. Like, there's a... Yep. Sorry, I, gr- I, I sweat out college football games too much. I will, I'll try to make it better. And then there's a... Look... I have a character flaw, but I'm really good at other things. So people and I will tolerate this part of myself. Here's what I'm going to try and do. When we walk to the gym tomorrow, I'm going to try not to look at the homeless people smoking cigarettes like I want to punt them into the atmosphere. Nice. Okay. You have my word one day. All righty. That was it. We'll be back on Thursday morning. Thanks for hanging out. See you guys. Have you been wanting to lose weight and get healthy? Now's the perfect time to start Nutrisystem. Enjoy your favorite foods made healthier, delivered free to your door. Right now, you can get Uniquely Yours Ultimate, our most complete foolproof plan at an amazing price. 
Order today and save 50%. Plus, get an extra $40 off. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash save and discover what millions of people already know. Nutrisystem works. Limitations apply. See website for full offer details.